Hello and welcome to the Magic Ball from Burkamp podcast. I am your host, Sam. I'm known as official Samo on Twitter. And this podcast is available on Podomatic, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. In today's podcast, I will be reviewing Arsenal's 3-2 win over Liverpool. An absolute fantastic night for Arsenal uh, yesterday afternoon. And joining me in this review is one of my notorious guests who's been on the Magic Ball from Burkamp podcast a couple of times. You guys might know the name, Dave O'Cop on Twitter. Good evening, Dave. How are you doing? Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm, I'm only okay today. Fantastic. So just going into, into this review, Arsenal have beaten Liverpool 3 beat Liverpool 3-2 yesterday. And this is the first time Arsenal have beaten Liverpool at the Emirates in a in a in a crowded stadium for the first time since 2015. And that is a monumental achievement. But taking away that, taking away the fact that we last won against you seven years ago in a in a, in a stadium and then uh, during the um during the lockdown, uh, the COVID games. What did you make of um? What did you make of Liverpool's performance yesterday? I thought Liverpool. I actually thought after the first goal that Liverpool conceded that in the first half, I thought that Liverpool were overall dominant, um, and I felt that they controlled the game, they controlled the ball. But of course, Arsenal got a great goal early on, and I felt that as the game was progressing, I thought that Liverpool were taking over. But of course, Arsenal got a great goal at the start of the half and the end of the half. And I think the the goal at the end of the half by Saka, I think that really took um, any momentum that Liverpool had from them. But having said that, I felt that, you know, I think Liverpool had maybe 63% possession in the first half. But I still think that when Arsenal took the game to Liverpool, they were more penetrative with their, with their passing and they looked a little bit more dangerous. Liverpool got the ball around the middle third and they passed it left to right and stuff, but I felt that they weren't as clinical as Arsenal when Arsenal were on the ball. But I was just saying, I think it was, it was good timing from Arsenal, the goals, especially the second one. And it was just devastating for Liverpool. I think, you know, at half time, it took, as I said, whatever confidence Liverpool had going in at the break, especially the fact that they had clawed the way back into the game. I feel that if, if Liverpool went in at 1 1, you know, it might have been a, a different result, but credit to Arsenal. I was very, very impressed with Arsenal. To be honest with you, prior to the game, I was wondering was that a true reflection on the quality of of the Arsenal side, where they were at the table, or were they tested enough? And I know Manchester United had beaten you guys, um, but I thought that Liverpool were going to beat Arsenal yesterday, but but I was wrong. Um, I was very impressed with with Arsenal and their quality. Especially Martinelli. I know you guys don't like when Klopp speaks about him <laughs> prior to these games, and he seems to do it regularly. And I think that would frustrate me if I was um, an Arsenal fan. And uh, you know, but he was exceptional, and I think that he gave Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, serious trouble whenever he ran at him. And unfortunately for Liverpool defensively over the last few games, it's just been it's been poor. I think when Liverpool were going well and they're successful, everything was built on the, the quality of their defence with Van Dijk and Matip and Robertson and Trent and clean sheets and Alisson getting nominated for all these awards. Um, but it's just Liverpool, have, they're just falling apart defensively. Speaking of Liverpool's defence yesterday, you know, Martinelli just completely had Trent, had completely had got Trent. And the one thing that 
did make a difference was Joe Gomez in the second half and how he kind of um, how he did well defending against Martinelli. He did quite well, um, uh, Joe Gomez. But in terms of Liverpool's defense, in terms of the way that they are this this season and how they've had that start to the season. Does it does it not worry you as a Liverpool fan and where you're going to finish the season? I mean, prior prior to that, you know, you guys were competing for the title last season. You know, you were competing for the title last season and this season. Klopp already admitted that you guys aren't in the race. But where do where do you where do you stand in terms of where do you stand in terms of that at Liverpool? Well, it's incredibly worrying for me, and it reminds me a little bit of Klopp's first season where we could score six or concede five or concede five and score four and you just wouldn't know it was completely unpredictable there was no element of safety at the back or that element of steelness that Liverpool got as, as the years progressed under Klopp but unfortunately we've lost that kind of firepower up top and that attacking threat that we had initially when Klopp came in and it looked like Liverpool could just outscore teams all the time. Although it looked like they could concede a lot, it looked like they could score more. But unfortunately, no, it looks like Liverpool can just concede a lot. And they don't look like that they have that um, attacking threat that they had when Klopp came in initially. But it's been I, I've been just incredibly disappointed, really, with Virgil van Dijk. I know that he's held to such high standards, but I think of all the players in the Premier League, I think, that the level of um, drop off um, his, from his game has just been has been, just been so vast. You know, he went. He's been one of the best defenders I think ever in the Premier League when he's at the top of his game. And now you have to wonder: is he at risk of maybe being dropped from the Liverpool eleven? I think the first, the very first game of the season against uh, Fulham he should have went out to Markovic early he he stood off him stood off him stood off him and by the time he made a tackle he gave away a penalty in the box he could have done better for Zaha's goal against Crystal Palace he stood off Sancho in Old Trafford and he could have done better against uh, um, you know in, in the Champions League uh, sorry last week also so there's been against Brighton, sorry, the ball was crossed in and, and he went to clear it and went in under his legs and Trossard scored. So I think that when when he was good, it just gave confidence across the back line. And now the fact that he, his performance has dropped off, it has had a ripple effect across the back four. And uh, Liverpool just look like they're going to concede every time a team runs at them. And about Martinelli, I just thought, as again, again, I just thought he was exceptional. And you could see that he maybe... They're at Liverpool are targeting Trent Alexander Arnold's side, but I do agree with you with Joe Gomez when he came on. He even got a bit, a few more blocks in. I don't think Martinelli was as confident running at him that he was Trent Alexander Arnold. But um, I think you know the problem is starting with Liverpool's defence, and that has had, a, as I said, a ripple effect throughout the side. But um, Arsenal, I'm I'm incredibly impressed with them. Although I think they could have done a little bit better in the middle, I still think that. I still think that, you know, Odegaard, um, part day, I don't think that they, they competed as well as they should have in the first half in, in particular, yeah. but I just think uh, defensively... Of were frustrated with Odegaard, mm-hmm. you know, using the ball and giving the ball away. Uh, being at yeah. conference yesterday, you know, it was an absolutely brilliant atmosphere to be there. But, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes the Arsenal fans were a bit, you know, a bit, they were getting a bit, uh, losing their patience, you know, some of the players just losing the ball. Like for example, I believe for the second goal, they uh, and for the first goal, like for example, 
with Gabriel, you know, he gave the ball away, which allowed um, which allowed uh, yeah, uh, Nunes to score. Luis Diaz, yeah, to 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 set up Darwin Nunes, yeah. There but is, um, there is a lot to like about this Arsenal team. Uh, the one thing I also wanted to to, to ask as well for, for yourself, Dave, uh, with with with, with this Arsenal side, like from from what you have seen. Do you think this season Arsenal can get into the top four? Because everyone's talking about the title, the title, the title. For me, as a, as a fan, as someone you know who sees things differently, my goal is for Arsenal to get into the Champions League first. Do you think Arsenal can get into that Champions League spot? I definitely think Arsenal can, can get into the Champions League spot. And I just think the quality of Manchester City is just so, so unfortunate that when we've had excellent Liverpool sides that have just come up short against Manchester City and in any other you know eras in the Premier League they would have won two or three titles and I know it's a bit early to put that tag on Arsenal as it, the season is, is only just began but uh, you know I think that they will definitely make the top four but I think they might just be a bit, bit shy for the, the title I just think that Haaland has just taken Haaland has just taken City to a completely other level. But having said that, I think that Haaland is the signing of the season in the sense of sheer quality as an individual. But I think that Gabriel Jesus is the signing of the season in the sense of what player has taken one club up so many levels. And I think that that has been Jesus. I think Jesus has taken Arsenal up more levels than Haaland has taken Manchester City. City were just that good anyway. And Haaland is the icing on the cake. But... I think that Gabriel Jesus has taken Arsenal from the nearly men to the they may challenge for Europe to be suddenly, wow, these guys are, are contenders and these guys can compete with anyone. So he's been just absolutely incredible. He gave Liverpool a tower time. And he's tenacious, tenacious. He's he's brave. You've seen at one stage there the ball was, I think Ramsdale gave it long and Alisson was standing off and Dyke was standing off. And Jesus just went in between the two of them. I know he took a hit, but it just showed his level of bravery that he didn't care who, who these guys were maybe two foot taller than him. He went straight in for the ball and he was unluckily unluckily he didn't win it. But it just showed his his bravery along with his goal scoring abilities. And I think sometimes that's what Arsenal have lacked up front. If you look at Lacazette and Aubameyang, I don't think they had that. I'm willing to do anything on the pitch here for Arsenal. I think they were flair players, but Jesus has brought that extra bit of I'm going to die on the pitch if I have to for this club, you know. I, I agree. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't disagree anymore with that. Uh, the the one thing. Um, the one thing I also wanted to mention is that we've just seen in the news now that Luis Diaz, you know, will be out. Will be missing the World Cup due to a knee injury. Um, you know, you've got Trent out now. He's um, you've got Trent. He's a. Uh, has had a bit of an ankle issue. I'm not too sure if he's out or not. Uh, depending on Trent's issue, hopefully it's not a, a serious one for you guys. Obviously, it's not. Hopefully, it's not um, serious. So, you know, he does stay fit. But in terms of this, I feel like in terms of the result, for me, what really, really did kind of show was that Liverpool were missing Sadio Mane. I mean, a lot of Arsenal fans were saying in where I was sitting yesterday was mentioning Sadio Mane, saying that you know a player like him used to kind of. He was the one that put Liverpool, you know, he was, he was, for me, he was Liverpool's main focal attacking point. He was the one that used to put the attack together, get Liverpool going, you know. And if Mane was playing yesterday, I, I don't think, I, I, I don't think he would have won that game. I think he would have ended 3 3 because 
knowing or or maybe fall through to you guys because Sadio Mane is the type of player to take the game by the scruff of the neck and then no matter what you're going down, you know, he'd make a difference. But uh but you know, a player like Mane, you're kind of you're kind of missing that. But the question is, is there anyone in that team that can can take the game by the scruff of the neck? That 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 can do it? I just think for unfortunately for Liverpool when, when Sadio Mane was there he was just embedded into the side he knew exactly what his role was as you said he was incredible going forward but the amount of times that he would get back and just get his toe in and retrieve possession and dispossess uh, the, the, the opponents went unnoticed and unfortunately for Liverpool they're currently trying to embed Darren Nunes into the side and trying to see his strengths trying to get used to playing with each other and this needs to happen on the pitch and there's nowhere else you can't replicate it in the same way on a, on the training pitch so with Mane it was ready it was it was complete he knew what his role was but now at the moment with Darren Nunes who looked a little bit better yesterday I think that he he, he showed a, uh, glimpses of, of what he's capable of but unfortunately for Liverpool he's trying to still understand what role Jurgen Klopp wants to play and of course Liverpool have adjusted their their, their tactics and formation a little bit so now everyone is getting used to new style of play just because Sadio Mane left. So I think when Darren Nunes gets himself familiar with his teammates and he gets used to Klopp's system, I think he can be that type of player who can say, right, I'm going to go for this here because you can see that he has them glimpses, but I think you're absolutely right with Sadio Mane. Unfortunately, Liverpool have now a player in the side who they're trying to get used to and they replaced him with a player who just knew Liverpool he knew what Klopp wanted him to do week in, week out. And that's why I suppose it's learning and progress for Liverpool. But unfortunately, Liverpool are learning on the wrong end of results. I agree. And, and uh, for what, what, what uh, last few things before we do around this up there, Dave. So, you know, looking into some of the, into the game yesterday as well, there were some, I think there were a couple of decisions that were, in my opinion, they, they weren't great. They were not, good decisions that were made. I mean, the penalty, you know, as when I watched the highlights again, I thought from where I, from where I was sitting, I thought that was a penalty all day long from, from where I was sitting. But when I saw the highlights, for me, that kind of, for me, as, as an Arsenal fan, as someone that watches football as a whole, you know, I don't think that was a penalty because we've seen that given against us. Like, it was 2018, the early, uh, uh, we played Chelsea. And, um, what it was that Bellerin, uh, Hazard had kicked into Bellerin's foot. Hazard kicked into Bellerin's foot and the referee gave a penalty. And for me, it was kind of a bit similar to what, what was, you know, how we, we got the penalty yesterday. You know, for me, in my opinion as well, I did say the referees have been uh, making absolute shocking decisions this season. Would you also agree with that, uh, Dave? I cannot... <laughs> To be honest with you, I can understand why the penalty was given. It seems to be a thing now, any contact at all. I just feel uh, I feel sorry for Thiago because his, he was facing looking at the ball. I don't even know if he's the way where Gabriel is. I think it was a little bit soft that, it, you know, sometimes, you know, his, his natural, I suppose, his natural body position and you could see that he was focused on the ball. I think that sometimes players can maybe stick their foot in front of another player, knowing that he's going to make contact with them, and I think that that can be that can be soft. 
I know that a lot of Liverpool fans wanted a, a handball penalty for Liverpool also, but I think a couple of years ago that would have been given. I think there was a season there that no matter what happened, if the if the ball touched a hand, it was going to be a penalty. Now, I do think that that rule was looked at again and it wasn't as clear-cut as that because I think a lot of the time players were just chipping the ball up onto opponents' hands, hoping it would hit them and then just getting a guaranteed penalty. So I think that the, the ball was a little bit too close. I can understand why it wasn't given. Having said that, you know, that I wouldn't be surprised if that penalty was given against my side either. But, you know, I just feel nothing has gone Liverpool's way at the moment with luck with injuries and, and various things. But I'm not going to complain too much. I don't want to put it down to penalties. I want to credit Arsenal for outplaying Liverpool. And I think Liverpool, too many times that we're looking at referees' decisions and questioning this and that. I think now it's down to Liverpool playing themselves out of these games and trying to get in a position that we're not relying on on penalties or, or, or we're not letting games being slipped away by 50-50 decisions, you know. Fantastic. Uh, Dave, before we... Uh, so we are, as we are ending, ending um, heading closer to the end of the, uh, of the podcast, in your honest opinion, the two things I will ask you, starting off with number one, after the World Cup, the January window will open, I believe. And if that does, where do you think Liverpool should invest if there are if their goal is to get into the top four for the end of the season? What which area would you put the investment in for, for for Liverpool and for Arsenal as well? Like where do you think Arsenal should invest and where do you think Liverpool should invest in the January window after the World Cup? Well, I think that Liverpool have been crying out for Jude Bellingham type player for the last couple of seasons. The midfielders we have, a lot of them offer various attributes that Jude Bellingham offers, but Jude Bellingham offers every attribute that Jude Bellingham have has, if that makes sense. That you have some that are athletic type, some are goal scoring type, some are passing type, but Jude Bellingham has it all. But my fear on Bellingham is that he's going to be playing too well and his price tag is just going to be out of Liverpool's reach and it's not going to fit within Liverpool's transfer policy. So in an ideal world, we would sign Jude Bellingham, but if it's a thing that Liverpool are from 6th to 7th come January, I think they should wait, wait until the summer and reassess and they need to make a signing like Bellingham. <laughs> it, ironically, after looking at Arsenal yesterday, I know that... Um, I know that Arsenal fans weren't happy with Odegaard. I know it's a one-off game or whatever, but I know that, that Arsenal could maybe do with some a similar type player, Athletic. You know, I know that Partey, he scored a great goal last week and he offers uh, various attributes in the middle, but I, I think that Arsenal could look at a similar type of player. I know that Vieira is looking, you know, he's promising, but I still think, think it might take him a little bit of time to embed into the side, but I think if Arsenal had an Athletic box-to-box Goal scoring type midfielder, I think that they would be a serious threat. I think defensively they look quite solid now. I think Saliba is absolutely incredible. Um, Bella Ketchup at Southampton and Saliba, I think they're two of the, the best young centre backs now in the Premier League. Um, but I just think that, that that's the type of player that Arsenal could actually do it also. I don't know what your opinion on that is. I agree as well. I think Arsenal can do with another centre midfielder. I agree with the amount of times Odegaard was giving the ball away. For me, like a centre midfielder that I've looked at someone from, from Brighton, like Cassiedo, 
at Brighton, he mm. was someone that I, yeah. you know, I'd look at because he was, you know, he was good, but, you know. But I think Arsenal will, if they want to invest in that, they won't invest in that now. For me, they'll invest in the summertime. I think for now they'll probably bring, you know, someone, some like probably like a winger or maybe someone in that, you know, like maybe on a short term loan basis. Um, they might bring a centre mid in. They might bring the winger in. I mean, you know, if Cody Gakpo of the PSV Eindhoven has a really good um, World Cup, mm. you know, he, he he plays against us for PSV team. You know, all goes well for him, then he might be, he might be someone that we see at the Emirates soon. You know, the winger sorted, and who knows what can happen. But um, in terms of this, uh, the last final question on this podcast, Dave. Uh, th- thank you for coming on. Um, where do you think? Where do you realistically see Liverpool finishing in the league this season? And after that, tell me where do you think Arsenal will finish at the end of the season? In Liverpool's current form, they'll be very, very lucky to get into the top four. I'm just gonna, I'm going to live in hope. And hope that things are going to change, and uh, and I think the top four at this stage would be, would be a, a position that Liverpool would have to take if it was offered to them. But I think Arsenal are going to finish in the top two. Um, if they keep playing like this, I think things have clicked under Arteta. But unfortunately, I think that Arsenal will finish second, and I just think that the quality of City is just it's just phenomenal, and I think that they could open up a. 9, 10, 11 point cap come January and I don't think they're going to be caught but I see Arsenal as the, the best of the rest and although Arteta could turn this Arsenal side into a serious, serious side I just think that like at times at Liverpool just being so unfortunate that coming up against a side like Manchester City maybe they'll have an off day now and again but you just see regularly time, week in, week out, three, four, five nil victories. And it's very, very, very hard to compete with a team like that. And the squad depth so so good. And Foden and Haaland and Grealish is picking up his, his level of performance now. Mares, they've just so much quality and abundance that I think it's going to be very difficult for anyone to, to win the league ahead of them. And that rounds off our podcast. Uh, thank you. Dave for coming on. Thank you for your time. Thank you for you know your patience this evening. Thank you for coming through uh this evening. It means it means a lot to the Magic Ball from Bergam uh, podcast as well, Dave. And I hope to get you on again soon. Hopefully in the reverse fixture as well. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm glad I could glad I could be here. And that was the Magic Ball from Bergam podcast, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh thank you guys for uh, for listening, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Uh, this is Magic Ball from Birdcamp Podcast, and good night.